The news of the morning is Chris Tanev is a Dallas Star. He is off the trade board. He has been traded to the Dallas Stars via the Vancouver or the, the Calgary Flames. Hot start, hot start, great start this morning. Um, Calgary Flames trade Chris Tanev first to the New Jersey Devils, I guess, if that's really how we're considering these things to be done. Then they move uh, him to the Dallas Stars. It is a three-way deal. Dallas gets Chris Tanev at 75% retained salary. That is a 1.125 cap hit for the rest of the season for Chris Tanev. Um, Devils are retaining 25% of the salary, and the Flames are retaining 50 So uh, Dallas are going all in. They're pushing all their chips towards the middle. Um, they really believe they can win the Stanley Cup this year. I believe the same with them. Um, and this is just a big step towards that. The fact that they're able to get Chris Tanev at a $1.125 million cap hit is um, really conducive to them being able to make other moves. If that's something that they're uh, looking to do, which I would assume that they are, if that was the asset ma- management by them in order to get Tanev at 75% retained. Um, look, they get the consensus best D-man on the market. They... Um, Trying to see right now how much cap space the Dallas Stars have left after all of that. But, they, look, they get the best defenseman on the market right now. Everybody was uh, clamoring for Chris Tanev. Um, and they, they go out and they get their guy. I think a lot of people underestimated the fact and the need that Dallas had for a right-shot defenseman. A lot of their guys, their defense is very good. Essel and Dell, Miro Hiskinen, Thomas Harley's having one of the best uh, breakout seasons by a D-man in the league. But... Uh, they're all lefties. So you get Chris Tanev in there, someone who is uh, a leader, someone who is fearless, and uh, he's going to provide a lot to that locker room, which is already a good one, by the way. And I think the mission in Dallas is clear this year. They're they're really gunning, gunning for a Stanley Cup, and uh, they're not afraid to add in order to do that. So I'm looking here to see just exactly how much cap space is available and it says that with LTIR cap space is two million just over two million dollars two million five hundred grand fifty grand two million fifty grand for the Dallas Stars as far as cap space goes so the room exists to make another move post TANF deal I would almost assure you that they do do something, whether that's another defenseman, whether that's a depth forward of some variety for them. Um, I could see Jim Nell making another move for the Stars. So um, I, I think the Tanev move is a great fit. I don't know if a lot of people necessarily painted Dallas as the destination for Chris Tanev um, based on fit. I think a lot of people were clamoring for Toronto. A lot of people even thought Ottawa on the on the lower end of things, right? A team that may not be a Stanley Cup contender this year looking to add Tanev, but a team maybe on the outside looking in that's looking to add him for the future. Um, I don't know if this is going to be more than just a pure rental for the Dallas Stars, um, and I don't think that's really the worry right now either. So I, I just think he's going to bring a lot, not just now and the rest of the season. And, you know, we talked about how important it is to win – the central division and avoid that two, three matchup in the playoffs. So the earlier you can get, we're, we're about nine days out from the trade deadline. And um, 
guys are making moves now, and I think this is smart. I think it's a really smart move, actually, to to get your guy early, make sure nobody else decides to pay more. And if you're Calgary, you have to like the return. Craig Conroy was very happy with the return. I know a lot of Flames fans were not. That should not matter to too many people here because the the pieces are good. I know everybody wanted a first-round pick, but I have a feeling that if somebody wanted if somebody was willing to give a first-round pick to Craig Conroy for Chris Tanev, he likely would have done it already. The other part of it, too, is I think that um, the the piece, the other pieces were just as important. So they get, the, they get a 2024 second-rounder, so a second-rounder this year. They get a conditional 2026 third-rounder, and I don't have the conditions on that quite yet. I don't know that they've been released yet. I'm sure they have uh, if you are listening to this now. Um, and then they get defenseman Artem Grushnikov. And Grushnikov is an interesting player. He played his junior hockey with uh, the Hamilton Bulldogs of the OHL. Spent two years there. So this is his third season of playing hockey in the U- in North America. So he's been playing with the Texas Stars. He got into one game last year. He's played 44 this year. He's not a big scorer. He's never, he never really put up big numbers in juniors. Never really put up... Um, hasn't put up big numbers in the pros yet with the stars. So um, viewed more as a shutdown guy, viewed more as a almost like a Chris Tanev type of player. And um, I, I think it's a good move. I, I, I think you could build around a defenseman like that, not saying that he's going to be your Rasmus Anderson type, but um, if he could fill out nicely, you have some of these, you have Jeremy Poirier, you have um, some other good defensive prospects that, maybe lean a little bit more offensive. I mean, like, I don't know that Grushnikov fit into Dallas's long-term scheme. So Calgary's able to get their hands on a really good prospect there. Um, New Jersey uh, gets... Oh, Dallas also gets goaltender Cole Brady, too. And Cole Brady is interesting because he... um, Played at Arizona State. Now he's playing at UMass, and he's been very good um, throughout a lot large part of his college career. I think this year has been a down year for him, um, but UMass is a good team. He has a lot of the technique from what I've heard, so um, we'll see how that turns out. Maybe could be a, a good depth option for the Stars in net, or it could be an NHL guy. You never know how these guys develop. He's a 23-year-old. He's from Pickering, Ontario, so... Um, we will see where that goes. But um, if you're Dallas, you you really didn't have to give up a top prospect for this. Grushnikov is a good pick. He was a second rounder by the Stars uh, in 21. And you don't have to give up a player like Christian Cairo. You didn't have to give up a player like Mav Bork, who I, I, I don't know that Calgary maybe they might have asked for him, but to be able to skate away and not have to uh, give up that kind of player. Like Christian Cairo is having a very good season for the Texas Stars in the AHL. He has 18 points in 45 games. He's a plus player on a good team down there. But, um, you know, you have George Figaris, too, who's playing in Cornell right now. There are just different players. There's Liam Bixel, too, if we're talking defensive prospects for the Stars. Um, so... I, th- there is some consensus out there that maybe the 
Flames could have gotten a little bit more for a player like Tanev, but I think the package is just good. Um, and Dallas didn't have to give anybody up, like I said. None of these big big dogs that they have on in the prospect pool. No Stankoven going the other way. Um, although I, w- I would have been very surprised if Dallas had moved one of the, the two big guns, Bork or Stankoven. So I like the deal. I, I think that trade deadline day is going to be that much less exciting now that Tanev's off the board. But um, the other part of this, too, that I don't think a lot of people consider, but this is just a theory of mine that I'm putting out there, is that um, with all these expected players being moved, all the guys we expect, all the guys that aren't expiring deals like Tanev and Hannafin, if they get moved now, I think by the time trade deadline day rolls around, we are more likely to see a trade that we are not expecting. So I'm just putting that out there. I don't know if any big name guy with term on his deal is going to get moved around the deadline. Um, but if all if Chris Tanev is now off the board, which he is, then maybe teams look to pay a heftier price, maybe to bring in a right shot defenseman if that is something that they were looking to do. Um, Just a very interesting part of the fabric of the story of what is going on here in this season. It's been a really good NHL season so far. We're going to talk about the two games last night. We're going to set you up for the 12 games tonight. There's a lot of hockey tonight. Um, And yeah, but this was a fun trade to really kick off last night too. A lot of people were buzzing about it. Um, And... Yeah, I think Dallas gets really better. They're they're going in all in to win the Stanley Cup this year. So uh, they get their guy in Chris Tanev. Um, the other news of the day, and nothing is official as of yet, but as reported by Frank Saravalli of Daily Faceoff, um, it seems like we're getting close to an eight-year extension for Elias Pettersson. And I have nothing to say, but I told you so. Because if you listened to the program yesterday, I went... I, uh, yesterday's program, I uh, definitely voiced a few opinions on some things that I uh, have issue with, and not that there's anything wrong with that. I uh, definitely am trying to keep things more upbeat on this show, but um, yesterday I definitely uh, voiced some displeasures of mine, and uh, one of them was the Elias Pettersson situation and how a lot of it has been very clickbaity for the internet. A lot of a lot of rumors, a lot of. Um, Things that you could argue maybe just aren't backed by reality and facts and real insight. And I always personally believed that Elias Pettersson was going to extend in Vancouver. I didn't know if it was going to be a four or five year deal or three to five year deal or if it was going to extend full term all the way to eight years. Um, but I always had that belief that Elias Pettersson was going to stay in Vancouver for some duration of time past this season. Um yeah, and I just I, I said yesterday, and I will say it again now that I, I didn't really enjoy, and I, I still see it. There's articles, there's podcasts, there's everything that is painting Elias Pettersson in a different jersey, and yeah, just it seems like we're close to an eight-year deal on that. I don't know what the AAV on that is going to be. It really could be as high as fourteen if you're talking Elias Pettersson here. So. Um, it seems like we're getting close to that. I don't know what the timeline is for something like that, like that to be finished. Um, we'll see if it's by the end of the week. We'll see if it's by the end of this recording. I don't, I don't know. So, um, but it does appear like we're getting closer to that. So that is solid validation for your guy here because I said it yesterday and I will say it again that Elias Pettersson is staying in Vancouver. Um, so that's just, uh, very exciting stuff. So we'll, we'll jump into the games a little bit. We'll, we'll touch on some other news a little bit later. But um, Connor McDavid ends his 10-game goal drought. 
Edmonton beat St. Louis in overtime. They did not look like they were going to win for a little bit there. They were down two zip. Um, Zach Hyman battles him back, hit, scores two goals. He hits 40 for the first time in his career. Um, he is now a 40-goal scorer. Zach Hyman is a 40-goal scorer in the National Hockey League. And soon enough, Zach Hyman will be a 50-goal scorer in the National Hockey League because there is plenty of runway left, and that guy really is good at shooting the puck in the net. So um, I, I'm sure Edmonton had no idea they were getting a 50-goal guy when they signed Zach Hyman for what they did and when they did it. So um, I've talked a lot about him and the Oilers, and they're fun to watch. Um, it's must-watch must hockey for a person like me. I um, really feel invested to... When I do this job, I, I try and like tell different people that like I feel it feels wrong if I come on and I talk about games that I haven't watched, right? So I, I always try and watch at least, at the very least, a period of every single game. And most of the time, it's more than that. But for the Edmonton Oilers, it is must-watch all three periods, every game. You know, you got the best players in the world, too. But also just the importance of, you know, the understanding that are these players, you know, do great players always get that one, right? Um, we've seen it in hockey, and I, and I do believe that the best players, the greatest of the greats, always do get that one championship in them, whether it's OV finally getting one, whether it's the Avalanche finally getting one when they did a couple years ago. Um, the greatest players always find their way to the Stanley Cup. I think the Oilers have as good of a chance as any. Um and if McDavid is shooting the puck in the back of the net like that, uh, it was a good overtime winner by, blowing by Jordan Bennington. Um, there's really nobody, nothing that anybody can do to stop Connor McDavid if that is what he wants to do. If he wants to skate by three guys, he will skate by three guys. If he wants to get through your whole team, he will get through your whole team. So um, Oilers pick up the 3-2 win in overtime over the Blues. Um, it was late in overtime too. I want to say it was like, 15 seconds left on the clock. It looked like we were going to a shootout, and then Connor McDavid had other plans. Um, the other game of the night, we did not get the Matt Rempe versus Matthew Olivier rematch that we were all oh so hoping for. Um, the Blue, uh, the Rangers the beat the Blue Jackets 4-1. Uh, it was really a 2-1 game, and then we saw a couple of empty netters there. And... Uh, Boy, if if Columbus played every single game of their season against the New York Rangers, you have to wonder where they would be in the standings because they played that team hard. They played them physical. They compete. Like, that was a game. I, I, the 4-1 four, four scoreline is not indicative of, of what that game was. Like I said, there were two empty netters, the Kreider and Panarin second in the game. So um, it, it is not really indicative of just how close that game was. Um, and... You know, Columbus plays the Rangers hard. Uh, they, you know, the Rangers won that game and they, they even the series. So um, Columbus, that, that'll do it for those two teams for the rest of the year. But um, Columbus definitely had a had a good game. That was a lot of fight in them, a lot of energy. Um, you know, and I, and I want to just say that I, I think um, that the Rangers are putting it together and that Columbus looks at that and says, hey, we can get there at, at some point soon. So um, Igor Shosturkin was really good, too. The Rangers are the first team in the NHL to 40 wins this year. And, uh, yeah, that 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 is that game. So um, 
it was a pretty good game overall. A lot of lot of body banging, a lot of, lot of tension, and we just didn't get the the frustrations boiling over in the way of Rempy and Olivier dropping the gloves like I thought we would. So, um, yeah, and, and for Columbus, a team that's notoriously not very good in the third period, they were very good in the third period of this one. So, um, yeah, just good things to like if you're Columbus. Things have been better, a lot better. We talked to Dylan Tyra on Tuesday and. Um, there's a lot of hope, not just for the future with the prospects of this organization, but even in the here and the now, there are players on this roster that uh, really are, they're fighting right now in order to be on this team long-term, to be considered to be um, useful and valued to this organization going forward out of this um, dark period of time languishing at the bottom of the standings. But um, there's just a lot to like in the battle and in the compete of the Blue Jackets. So um that that is that there looking at tonight's games just a little bit before we do a deeper dive um we do have some exciting ones on the board a lot of games that mean a lot here uh we're gonna get vegas uh and the bruins we're gonna get detroit hosting the islanders um the late one uh, a couple late ones san jose taking on uh the anaheim ducks and then we'll get the los angeles kings taking on the vancouver canucks too a lot of really good hockey we're gonna talk about it all um, Mackenzie Blackwood for the Sharks, by the way, is on injured reserve. Magnus, Magnus Krona has been called up from the Barracuda of the AHL. So a um, couple other news and notes I just wanted to point out. Flyers put Cal Peterson on waivers as well. He's 2-2 two and two so far this season in the NHL. He's got an 864 save percentage. It's been a really rough go for Cal Peterson even in the last year and a half. Obviously, we saw um, Los Angeles send him down to the Ontario Reign. And then he was moved over to Philly in order to clear up some cap room for the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade to happen for the Kings. And he played a majority of the season when when Philly had Carter Hart and Sam Merson in net. Um, Cal Peterson was with Felix Sandstrom down in Lehigh Valley. And the opportunity was really there for um, Cal Peterson. I, I don't know that it's been there enough for him to really get back into a rhythm and a groove and... Um, like from everything I can see, um, down in AHL Bakersfield with the Jack Campbell situation, they also have Olivier Rodrigue down there who is, you know, the, the third, fourth goalie, whatever, whatever way you're ranking these guys, uh, by day. But, um, when, when Jack Campbell was sent down to Bakersfield, the plan was for him to get back into NHL shape, whether that was for the Oilers this season or whether that was for another team, either this season or next season, whatever, whatever the situation with Jack Campbell is going to be, that was always the plan. There's He's got three years after this one left on that contract that he signed with the Oilers, um, and it's $5 million. Like you, It's not league minimum salary, right? So you, you have to be able to play at the NHL level, whether that's the team you're signed, whether it's for the team you're signed for or a different team, if they're going to look to move off of you. But going back to Cal Peterson, I don't know that he's really gotten, it doesn't appear like he's gotten the run of games that even a Jack Campbell has gotten, who's joined the American Hockey League later in the season than uh, Cal Peterson, who started the season there. And I think it'll be good for him to go down there. Obviously, Carter Hurd is not with the Flyers anymore. So Felix Sandstrom has been called up. He's played no NHL games this year, um, and he hasn't really been given a shot in the 25 NHL games that he has started in previous years. 
generally they're like second halves of back-to-backs and um, situations like that where he's not really been put in a situation for individual success in in between the pipes. But Philadelphia is a better team this year. They play a better brand of team defense in front of their goaltenders. So um, I don't think there's an issue with giving Felix Sandstrom a run behind Samerson and giving Cal Peterson the opportunity to really get better and get a lot of games in is a good um, move for the Flyers. So, um, and they're still looking to like be in the race. Like they, they have to win hockey games consistently. And there is a lot of scoreboard watching, I'm assuming, happening in Philadelphia too, making sure that the teams around them uh, that they need to lose do in fact not get two points on the night. So uh, Flyers take on the Caps on Friday. So um, today is Thursday here, everybody. That is more of a reminder for myself than it is for all of you. Um, but yeah, the um, the Blackhawks here, we're going to host uh, Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon and the Colorado Avalanche here tonight. Um, that should be a a good matchup. I think there are certain teams that the there are certain teams that some teams just play really hard. We talked about Columbus playing the New York Rangers very hard. They also play the Pittsburgh Penguins very hard whenever those two teams match up. Um, and, and the Blackhawks always get up for when the they play the Avalanche, whether that's here or in Colorado. Um, even dating back to last season when the team did not have Connor Bedard on the team, um, they took it to Colorado. They they really fight this team hard, so um, that should be a really good matchup. Uh, Kale McCarr is the Colorado Avalanche all-time leader in points by defenseman passing Tyson Berry. Um, it, I am not certain if that is franchise all-time, though. I think that is just Colorado Avalanche history. Um, that being said, um, should be a good matchup. Nathan McKinnon is on a roll. He just is always on a roll, though, so... Um, We'll see how that one goes. We'll see what kind of goaltending matchup we get to. Georgiev's played a lot. We talked about that earlier in the week. Um, if now, if there was ever a time to let your backup play, now would be the time against the Chicago Blackhawks. So um, we will see that. The Minnesota Wild also signed uh, forward Murat Kuznadinov to a two-year entry-level deal. Um, it'll run through next season. So it looks like he's going to come over this season and join either Iowa or Minnesota. He was playing for HK Sochi in the KHL. Um, he was the team's captain at 21 years old, which is pretty remarkable. Um, you don't really see that. A lot of, you don't see a lot of youth leadership in the KHL, whether that's on the scoreboard or in the locker room. So the fact that that kid was wearing the C for a KHL team is very impressive. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the, the move for them. Um, he is one of the better under-22 scorers in KHL history, which is always a good indicative of future success. Um, good to get another Russian in the locker room with uh, Kirill Kaprizov there. I'm sure that will always help. I'm sure he can help this kid along and vice versa. And, yeah, that's a good signing by the by the Wild, too. He was a second-round pick by them in the 2020 draft. So we will see how that goes for the Wild. The Wild tonight will visit Nashville. They will take on the Predators. And, you know, that we've we've talked about games. There are different games, right? Like, you have the Jets and the Stars going on tonight. 
and that's a battle of two teams. You know, I don't think we're going to see Chris Tanev in the lineup for the Dallas Stars just quite yet, even though that would be really cool if we can, if he scrambled hard enough to uh, get down to Dallas in order for tonight's matchup, although I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, with them taking on Winnipeg tonight, that, that's a battle of playoff teams, right? That's a battle of two teams that are in divisional spots right now. Um, the only real matchup otherwise that we get that are of two playoff teams tonight are Boston and Vegas. So um, you also have Vancouver and L.A. I know that, but Los Angeles is reeling very fast here. So um, don't want to call them a playoff team just quite yet, even though they currently do sit in a playoff spot. But a lot of these matchups, like I said, are going to be very crucial to the standings. Um, this Wild Predators game tonight is a huge one. That is a very, very big meaningful hockey game Nashville currently sits in the second wild card spot and Minnesota has been playing a lot better as of late um them and Calgary have both been playing very good hockey lately and if there is a falter from either Nashville or Los Angeles because you know Nashville's on a heater right now they're they've played two more games than the LA Kings but they have four more wins than them and they're tied in points they're they're a bit lower in points percentage because LA's got eight of eight more loser points than them but um, it is the opportunity will exist depending on how some of these other matchups go. Like I said, a lot of scoreboard watching happening around the league this time of year, not just the Flyers. A lot of other clubs are um, pulling for other clubs to lose. So um, all these games are very, are very important. Um, we will see how that one goes tonight. If UC Saros can keep up his hot play. If Joel Erickson can keep up his hot play for the Minnesota Wild. He's just been on a tear this year. And uh, recent, just in recent, like the last few weeks in general, too, he's been very, very good. Um, the other note about the Minnesota Wild is that they announced yesterday that they will be holding on to Mark Andre Fleury, talking about guys that um, that are staying in their markets or guys that are just off the trade board in general. This is from Elliot Friedman. Um, yeah, just Minnesota's indicated they will not move Mark Andre Fleury. They are happy to keep him. Um, there was a quote from Bill Guerin, but I can't find it here just quite yet. So, um, But they will be hanging on to Marc-Andre Fleury. They're going to make a push for the playoffs. I don't think Fleury really wanted to go anywhere anyways, but um, there were needs for goaltenders in markets like New Jersey and Colorado and L.A. and Edmonton. So a lot of people were painting Marc-Andre Fleury in those jerseys, um, but he will be staying with the Wild through this trade deadline season. Um yeah, I'm I'm trying to think what else what else do I have here on my list. We're gonna keep it kind of short here today. No gas, no, no, uh, no Sully um, in today um, to do a little uh, little gambling corner here. Um, although I probably could have done something myself. I uh, was pressed last second to um, to do that, so I did not. Uh, so no gambling this week or today. If you have any. Uh, bets just go ahead and place them or don't i am um, not here to recommend your money spending one way or another so um but i would i would take the the, the detroit red wings tonight over the new york islanders that that is uh something i will personally be looking at i um i will uh be probably taking that on tonight so um a lot of a lot of really good games around the board too. The Penguins taking on Seattle too is going to be a really really good test. Obviously Pittsburgh coming off the big win in Vancouver, um, they are one of those teams that is still in the mix for things. If they can string together some wins here, especially uh, this matchup will be crucial in determining that. 
And if you're Seattle, I mean, I think everybody is kind of under the assumption that Seattle is going to be a seller come trade deadline anyways. They do have some pieces that will appeal to other clubs, and they are probably a team that should just be collecting draft capital and prospects anyways. Um, but look, if they win this game, if they win the next game, you can really make a case for anybody right now. It's still in that era of time. We're still in that period of time where you can say, hey, like post-trade deadline, post-all-star break, we're getting our stuff into gear. We're, we're kicking it into full gear, and uh, we're making the playoffs. Now is the time where, um, if you look at last season with teams like the Florida Panthers, nobody expected the Florida Panthers to make a playoff run the way they did and get all the way to the final. But And even Vegas. I, I think a lot of people, you know, Vegas missed the playoffs the year before last, and they did not look like the Vegas we were accustomed to seeing. Um, they were, they were more in, of in a playoff spot last year than even the Panthers were. And, um, but it was around this time last year that those two teams really started clicking and competing really hard and establishing that style that they want to play going into the playoffs. Um, there are, there are some teams that once the playoffs come around, it's a switch you could flip and just be like, Hey, these games mean more and it's time to play like they mean more but in other instances um you you need that's something you need to grow to something you need to develop into and um yeah the more these teams can do that the the better they'll show for it so there's time left for other teams to become those teams I've mentioned on this program before that I believe the New Jersey Devils uh could be a team like that that nobody would want to face if they do end up squeaking into one of those final wild card spots um so, uh, lot to like there. Uh, Gary Bettman visited Winnipeg. He was meeting with corporate sponsors there, talking to Mark Chipman, just getting a gauge on what all this madness has been going on in Winnipeg. Uh, we've talked a little bit about it earlier in the week, but the update from Gary Bettman is that he just wanted to reassure people in the Winnipeg market that uh, everything is okay. He doesn't really know why there seems to exist this impression that the team is leaving. Um, maybe that's because things have been painted as so dire uh, from Winnipeg, but... The, the quote that uh, was floating around, the, the quote that I saw, was, get over your anxiety and come to games. That is a uh, that is a quote from the NHL commissioner, Gary Bettman, about two Winnipeg Jets fans about attending Winnipeg Jets games. Get over your anxiety and come to games. I think with that, he means more anxiety about the state of the franchise. Um, He said Winnipeg's a very strong market, Um, and and I believe him when he says that. I've said that the NHL would be in a worse spot without the Winnipeg Jets in the market. Um, It's not good for TV deals. It's not good for Canadian TV deals. It's just not good for hockey in general. I don't know where you're going to put a team in the league where the fan base is more passionate than a place like Winnipeg. Um, so I just thought that quote was interesting. Get over your anxiety and come to games. Um, you know, there, there, there probably are other pre-existing reasons why fans aren't going, you know, money's tight in Canada, money's tight everywhere these days. Um, you know, the, the, the playoffs are coming to Winnipeg too. So I, I can almost guarantee you that once the playoffs roll around, that building will be one of the most full, most at capacity, one of the loudest buildings in the NHL once the Stanley cup playoffs begin. Um, so it's just, a, it's just a matter of getting people into the games now and making sure that season tickets are renewed. Um, one last little piece here, and then we'll, we'll wrap on the games and we'll wrap on the show for, tonight, for today. Um, tonight, I almost said, it's 
just about 10 o'clock in the morning here in Chicago. Um, but uh, the PWHL, so I know I ripped on the PWHL a little bit yesterday for um, for the amount of draft picks that each team will take. That is seven. Um, that is not so much an issue with the league. I've said nothing but great things about the league, really enjoying it, um, really liking the hockey, thinking that every the fact that everybody's on the same page now and we can all cheer behind this one thing, it's going to help a lot. It's going to grow the game. Um, the NHL will most likely get financially involved at some point i can see that uh sort of an nba wnba relationship um but i know i repped on it yesterday for the exclusion of some very good players the fact that there are some very good hockey players on the outside looking in i still will maintain that uh same passion and same level of energy for that but i will also acknowledge when things are good for the league they've done a lot of really good things not just as far as what's happening on the ice but also as far as a lot of the rule implementation we've talked about the jailbreak goal the all the different things that they've got going on that are things that hockey fans have wanted to see tried in the sport for a while, but now we're kind of getting it um, here as sort of a, not just a testing ground. I mean, I know the American Hockey League is sort of the NHL's testing ground for whenever they want to try things like three-on-three overtime or different things like that. Um, that is where it's done. But the PWHL has sort of unapologetically been like, hey, we're going to do all of these things all at once, and we're going to have fun with it. So... Um, one thing that they announced as part of the playoff format, the PWHL had their midseason kind of uh, state of the union with Jane Hefford and Stan Cast and some of the other big names in PWHL leadership up at the top. So um, they announced the playoff format. They And Brendan, you can tell me what you think about this. So PWHL is obviously a six-league team. The uh, top four teams will make the playoffs. And this is the fun part. The team that finishes first in the PWHL can pick their first-round opponent. They can either pick the third team or the fourth team in the standings. Do, do you have any thoughts on that? That's uh, kind of wild. I kind of like the idea in a lot of ways, but <laughs> I feel like it could really rile a team up if you like don't pick the last seed and you feel like, uh, yeah, this team's definitely the weakest link. We could take them out. I feel like that team's going to like <laughs> be a little bit you know, rowdy yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I... I could really, I don't know that they're going to pick the first team, right? Like, is the first team going to pick the third? If they did pick the third team, though, like, that's a... I mean, you could see a matchup to exploit, potentially. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, there, there's strategy behind it. That's not that's not my point, but I, I'm more so agreeing with you that, you know, if you really go out there and you tell everybody that, hey, we want to play the third team and not the fourth team, that third team is going to be charged up and ready to battle, in my opinion, so... Um, I think that's just going to add a lot of intrigue and fun into what has already been a very intriguing and fun league. So um, you have that. Then this other part that I really, really like, and uh, Vancouver Canucks fans will be uh, pretty upset about this because I read an interesting article article that I will talk about after. But um, it's called, so it's basically how you're going to determine the draft order, right? So currently you had, as far as last night's action went in the PWHL, you did have Ottawa beating uh, New York 4-2. to two. And what that did was, is that was a battle of the fifth and sixth teams. And what it did was leap Ottawa over New York for the time being. But they have the same number of standings points. They have the same number of games played. Um, it's just the tiebreaker based on having more wins. But those are currently your two teams look on the outside looking in of the playoff picture. Um, Boston is tentatively holding on to that last spot, even though they have one more game in hand on both Ottawa and New York. So 
when it comes to draft order, Brendan and everybody here, um, once you are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, every standings point you earn, so whether that is a win, overtime win, or an overtime loss, those points are counted. They're, they go towards something called a they go something go towards something called draft order points. And so basically a standings points accrued after playoff elimination will go towards determining if you get that first overall pick or not. Um, Sarah Fillier is expected by many to go first overall in the PWHL draft this year. She's a phenomenal talent, um, has already played in the Olympics for Canada, was really just stunning, um, and she plays for Princeton now. But um, I just think that there is a lot to like about that. Um, and if you are a Vancouver Canucks fan, the article that I read was that if this rule was in the National Hockey League, that Connor Bedard could be a Vancouver Canuck right now. And that one's got to hurt if you are a Vancouver Canucks fan uh, because he is a local boy. But not too much grousing about that. I just thought that was interesting um, to note that if that rule was in the NHL, how different things could look. But I think this is very cool of the PWHL. I, I, I don't know that it's going to do a whole heck of a lot for... The club, like, look, I mean, Ottawa and New York are tied currently in points and basically tied for last right now. So if, if one team is eliminated from the playoff contention, it seems like the, if the sixth team is eliminated, it seems at this point the fifth team will also be eliminated. Um, so I don't know how much runway these teams are going to have as far as accumulating these quote unquote draft order points. Um, I think once you get a bigger league, going which which was a big talking point for me yesterday um then this will be more exciting like once you have eight teams even 10 teams in the league and you know by now right the 13 15 game mark or so for some of these teams that you're just not in the playoffs and once things become official you really start banking points and th that's going to be a very exciting thing so um that is that is the PWHL news and notes for the day. We'll preview the weekend a little bit more because there are some exciting games in that league this weekend, but we can do that tomorrow. Um, as far as tonight goes, I think that's going to cover everything. I'm um, looking at the schedule to see if there's anything notorious that I missed. Kings Canucks is going to be a good one as well. Uh, we also have the Hurricanes taking on the Blue Jackets. We also got the Sabres taking on the Lightning. Um, that would be a good one, though, if... Uh, the Buffalo Sabres can walk into Tampa Bay and walk away with a big win. Uh, we'll see the Montreal Canadiens take on the Florida Panthers and the Arizona Coyotes take on the Toronto Maple Leafs, who whose seven-game win streak came to an end against Vegas, but uh, they will look to get back going again tonight. Um, that'll do it for us here today on Good Morning Hockey. We appreciate everybody that's stopping by, giving us a listen, giving us a follow and download. Um, if you haven't, just give us five stars on whatever platform, write us a review, uh, tell us we're good, tell us we suck, whatever, whatever you want to do. Um, that, that is good for me. Even, even bad, even bad commentary and bad, uh, attention is good attention for us. We'll take it. Honestly, if you, if you hate us, don't, don't be afraid to leave one star. Um, but, but please leave five. We, we appreciate everything that everybody has done for us so far, the support we've gotten, the, the listenership. Uh, talked about it yesterday, but just the fact seeing our shows in the rankings at all is remarkable and seeing them as high as they are is even more remarkable. Uh, wouldn't get done without the the production staff we have here and Brendan and Raven um, and the other shows too. If you haven't given a listen to On the Gravel, it's excellent. If you haven't given a listen to The Deep Fade, it's really, really good. So um, 
we're going to continue to work hard, uh, continue to build good stuff for you guys. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll catch you tomorrow after a lovely packed day of hockey and evening of hockey tonight. We'll set you all up for the weekend. We'll touch on some other stuff that happens. Maybe we get another trade today. Maybe we don't. But uh, if not, just uh, have a great rest of your day. And thank you so much. We really appreciate all of the support and love we've gotten. And that'll wrap. So we will see you all in 24 hours. Have a good night, everybody. And somebody sign Joey Votto, please. Looking at you, Blue Jays. <laughs>